Welcome back to the Salon Rising podcast. A different format today. Oh my God, a, a little different bit different, format. guys. Sorry, guys, yeah. if this seems a little bit different, if it's, you're hearing it, it's a bit different. We're doing a, like a Zoomy type podcast today. Zoomy. Zoomy type. So that's for a very, that's very special reason. Hey, Jen is finally out of bed after a surgery. You're looking swell. Just for a little bit. <laughs> just for this one hour. Just, I was expecting just it for to now. be in bed, so I'm disappointed. I tried. I couldn't get the lighting right. <laughs> Fair enough. It was also your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Jen. Thank you. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And we have one of my dearest, beautiful friends and clients. The amazing Lauren from the Young Blonde Salon. Welcome, Lauren. Thank Welcome. you for having me. Joining us from afar. Joining us from afar. Lauren, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself as where you are as a salon owner, your staff? Give us some brief background, babe. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm only 27. So I opened my salon when I was 19 years old. So that's really young. Wow. I started by renting a chair and then I moved into like my first rental space. And then I started to hire a staff member, an apprentice, and then a senior. And then I grew out of that shop and then I moved into another shop. And then that was like a bit of a scary, like big move, re- renovating it. That's a shop actually that when I met Samara, I met her in Barcelona and I remember you actually saying to me, your salon's beautiful. I rem- that's one thing that I remember you saying to me. <laughs> I and love yeah, the things so that I- we remember because I just looked at it yeah. and was like, the salon is glorious. Also, Lauren, for anyone who's not following her, I suggest you follow, is very good at the visual sides, like the visual side of her business. So I always love everything you post. I feel like it's very on brand. I feel very inspired by you in that way. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And um, if so, yeah, ever so, I steal something that you do, I love you. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. And I'm like, I, steal, I like I, that. I steal what you do too. <laughs> we dance of each other in that way. So. Yeah. So I moved into that salon and I, from then, ended up with six staff, I think, in the end, in, not including myself, obviously. And then probably that's when I met, I met you, obviously, in that stage. But I started using you before you even started your coaching business. Like we were obviously friends from Barcelona, from through hair care. And then, yeah, we just would talk and stuff. And I always just admired that Samara had an amazing team and culture and things like that. So I reached out to her and said to her, hey, would you, on Facebook Messenger, would you chat to me? Because I felt like, I don't know, through COVID and all that, like I was crumbling a little, like crumbling a little bit, a lot. Um, I had one toddler, I was pregnant. So yeah, so that's pretty much where I started my journey with Samara. Um, and I've just moved in the last, since March this year into a new space. So, um, I bought my first commercial property, which is like a big thing for me. Wow. Um, yeah. And I moved in and renovated and I have my dream salon now. So yeah, so that's been a really crazy year. Jeez, that's huge. Huge. Yeah. I feel okay, like a little bit so, emotional when I hear it talk to yeah. you. See, so we're going a little bit in reverse today because normally, and I like it, because normally when we come into a situation, Samara has no idea what's going on, and I do. Whereas today, it's I know a little bit backstory, but I haven't heard the whole journey and all that sort of thing from Lauren's story, which is really exciting. Okay, so talk to us about what was going on. When you were reaching out to Samara, was it just that 
looking for community? Were there specific things that you were like, I feel like you could help me with this? What was your segue into that? So pause, I'm going to go into that first because Lauren and I met, as I've said a few times with different people, Lauren and I met in Barcelona and she was pregnant and leaving, you were leaving us, weren't you leaving us for you and Drew to get married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a wow. we eloped in Mykonos. Yeah, yeah. So we met, she was pregnant. How pregnant were you? I think when I was on a study trial, I was like 27 weeks. When I got married, yeah. I was like 30. So yeah, yeah. That's so she was like decent, to be honest, to get to her Wow. If you know me, I'm a bit wild. So I just yeah. do whatever. So like we met, I remember meeting you on the first day. I remember where we were. It's funny those things, like you said, I, you remember me saying that your salon was beautiful. I remember where I met you. I remember what you were wearing. Like it's funny when you like pick up on things like that. And we met, she was pregnant. Her husband was there too. And then yes. And then they left us, went to Mykonos and then got married, which was, I was like, yeah, this chick is just fucking cool. You know, when you just meet people and you're like, she's just effortless. She's just effortlessly just like cool in the cool way. Like cool as in she knows who she is and I was inspired from her by her from the beginning because as she said, she opened her salon at 19. She was in this beautiful salon. She was running this team and I was just like, look at go you. That is amazing. Yeah. So then, yeah, so we met in Barcelona and then we connected. I don't know how long it was after that. Let me go to my messenger and see, but you can continue talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I... Yeah, it was reaching out through you. You asked me the question, Jen, about why I reached out to Samara. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like every salon owner, every business owner, every person in life in general has like life problems that they're going through. And I think mine was, I was in the brink of having a baby and I don't know, running a business and being a mum's really fucking hard. But I don't know, for some reason, I just knew that Samara had kids and I knew that she would understand that. And she was older. Her kids were older. I feel like she had been through that stage that I was going through and could, like, I don't know, understand and be able to help me to move, like, through it, which she definitely has. Like, we're a few years down the track now and I feel like I'm so different to what I used to be in terms of how I deal with situations with my staff in the salon and even, like, at home with my kids. Like, my life is so different. Don't get me wrong, I still have struggles, but I think everyone does, no matter how much work you do on yourself, it's still okay to have bad days and have bad feelings and Mm. let things overwhelm you and get to you. But yeah, I just am so like, yeah, I'm so proud of myself because I like, so I've now got another daughter. So Bowie, my eldest, she's four, which I was pregnant with when I met Samara. And then my youngest daughter, Hunter's two and a half, and I'm actually just over halfway pregnant with my third. Um, <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. So I feel like having like that stage of it, I was in that stage, I was like, I just didn't know what I was doing. And if you've had a business in COVID, which unfortunately no, none of my parents ever experienced that, that was, yeah, that was testing. That was very stressful. And on top of that, in our era, we had bushfires before that. And then I actually live on the river. So we had three floods that we were like, actually flooded into our street we couldn't leave our street for like weeks at a time all while I was trying to run a business so so much I guess in that space of like the COVID and floods and all that's when I just like, crumbled like I found it just so overwhelming and then to top it off my mum was dying at the time she oh got a liver transplant 
Yeah. So just when I had my first baby, Bowie, she had a liver transplant when Bowie turned, I think just before one, she would turn one. So then like I was a full-time carer for my mum as well. And my mum, my dad divorced when I was younger. So yeah, looking after my mum, she had no, like my parents migrated from the UK to Australia. So it's pretty much just me, my mum and my brother. My brother's in the Navy. So yeah, so looking after my mum, having a baby, then being pregnant, then doing clothing. Your business. Then yeah, having oh business. my gosh. Yeah. So it just was like, my brain was like in overdrive. And yes, my started to help me unravel that slowly at that point. Really, that's where it started. And I actually did work with one of her friends, Belinda, as well, which I only did a couple of sessions with her, but the couple of sessions that I did really, really helped me. The sheet work I did with her, I think that helped me more personally to be able to move through that and then work more with Samara, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just found we the message. all be without Belinda. It was yeah, in yeah. August 2021. Hey, Samara, it's sorry. embarrassing. No, it's not. Not at all. Okay. It was the 5th of August. Sorry, not 2021, two years ago on the 5th of August. Sorry to see you guys are in lockdown again. So bloody frustrating, the whole thing. I just wanted to reach out, as I say, admire the way you run your business. And I'm trying to utilize this time in lockdown to really change up my business. And I would love to have a chat with you and pick your brain a little. Having babies and running businesses is exhausted face. And I just feel the last few years I've come a little undone. So trying to get back on track. I know your time is precious. So let me know if you're free anytime to have a chat. And I just, I was like, Fuck yes. I want to chat to you this time. And I think, when did we start the business? We started the business the following year. No. Yeah, the following year. The following year. Yeah, you hadn't yeah. started it yet. Yeah. And just like you guys hear everything that Lauren's just said. And again, it's with such, she was like, I was crumbling. And I was like, you you weren't crumbling. Like it was, it's incredible what you achieved in this time. And it was funny because when we first started talking you did, so we started talking and then when I launched Salon Rising, you did my, I think it was my first program you did. Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking like, I just didn't do enough. I didn't help enough. Lauren came on board. I know how to fix things for people, obviously, when it is technical stuff, when it's financial stuff. But this was, this was the first time like stepping into helping somebody emotionally navigate stuff as well. And I remember thinking like, I just didn't do enough. Like I just didn't do enough. I didn't give her enough. I don't, I didn't know how to give her more because Lauren is very good with the financial side of her business. And I remember getting a message from you. Maybe it was at the start of this year. I think it was the start of this year because we did that last August. Yeah. And you were just like, you've changed my entire life. And I was like, <laughs> but when you're in it, like so much of our conversation was just life and motherhood and marriage and navigating that without being business owners and how we can do that in the best way. And I realize how important that is now and how vital it is for people to know how to do that, navigating that as well. Not just this is how you do your financials. It's which, so important. Yeah. It's a whole, you're a whole person. It's a whole picture. You can't just yeah. fix one side of it and have the other side falling over. Yeah. It's like only deciding to renovate half your house. Yeah. And I I think as well, I just wanted to like touch on what you just said because I remember you were just saying like you think you didn't help me enough, but someone also needs to be like and wanted, wants to be helped. And I think at the time I wanted to be helped, but I was struggling to be helped. And I still took in everything that you said to mm. me, but I was just in a bit of a shitty, still in a bit of like a shitty space. Like I was renovating, like I was, 
I bought that building then we were still renting and I was renovating a new one. Like I was, life was just so crazy, but it didn't necessarily mean that I didn't take what we had on board. Oh, no. Obviously I did See, I, I thought the opposite. But I, I utilised it in another way. I think way. you took it all in. Like I know you yeah. took it all in because I, it wasn't that I ever felt that you didn't take it all in. I knew you took in everything I was saying. It was more so that was the first time doing the emotional side of it for me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. did I do enough? Because I haven't structured her business more so I've helped to build you as a human because we'd get a phone call sometimes and you'd be like, fuck, that was so helpful. And I'd be like, I felt really recharged after talking to you because as I, I agree with you, I feel like I'm five years ahead of where you are now and being able to chat that through with motherhood and relationships and being able to see things from different points of view. With like, I remember putting my earphones in a lot of the time and I would be walking up and down the hill to the kids' school because that's the time that it worked for you for sleep time with the girls and that's when it worked yeah. for me with the kids and we would just be chatting. But these, it wasn't all the strategy. These were like these like mind-blowing, cup-filling ideas and changing that helped develop a human, which I think was massive for both of us at that time. Yeah, I definitely think that I was saying to your um, brother before, like, how I've had business coaches in the past and they were great. I'm not saying that, but I learned so much about the financial side. But looking back, I never really needed help with that. Like everyone needs help with that to a degree. Like we've just gone over my financial stuff now that I've moved into this space and we've gone through that. But you can't really go through your financial stuff until you're actually mentally yeah. in a great headspace. Like yeah. you can't, like financially I was doing okay. I'm not saying I wasn't, but until your headspace is semi-clear to a degree and you know what you want within your business and you know how you want it to feel when you walk in the door, like you can't work on those things. So it's like the other coaching, like I was working on all these things, but then I'd walk away overwhelmed and not really utilizing them because I wasn't actually happy with my business. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense, but so makes actually sense. like I yeah, yeah, definitely, I makes sense. definitely needed to. And yeah. not even myself, like me as well, but having to like navigate stuff, like working with females is intense. Like everyone can have their days and their weeks and just navigating through all your stuff and what they need personally. Like I really worked on that with you. I remember you sent me this thing and you knew every single staff member and what drink they loved. And I know that sounds silly, but that's important. Like I know it's mm-hmm. crazy, but knowing what they love is so important. And I know what all my girls love and I try and like now cater that to them as well. I can't give every single inch of me all the time, but you know, I'll give something to them. And I know that they like, like in really return. Appreciate and it. I yep. feel like, yeah. I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I didn't actually know this story. So you and I talked last week, we had our one-on-one last week and I work with Lauren now monthly and I didn't know this story. So Lauren is again going through a big um, point in her life, which um, I'll let Lauren share. But I didn't know the story of how you became a hairdresser. You told me this last week. And I was like, can you please come on the podcast? And you were like, I actually would love to. And I was like, Richard, organize the podcast immediately because this story is something that I've never heard before. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually, I forget myself. It's crazy. I actually forget myself. Jen, you're going to die. I, I think working with Smart brought that back in me. Of, I'm not, like I'm not running a business to be stressed. I'm not running a business to have stuff work for me that aren't happy. Like I'm running a business to make people feel good and to make changes every day in people's lives, and that's 
how it actually started for me through a personal experience. And I lost that too. Like I lost that sense of like my why. And I feel like everyone has a business. It might be money for some people. Obviously that comes and it follows. But for me, looking after people and it comes from my mum's a psychologist. So I've learned that from her. I want to make people feel good. And I know that, I know the actual impact that it can make on people. When I was, my mum was diagnosed with like hereditary with kidney, polycystic kidney disease. And she was on dialysis from probably the age of, so like 14 hours a day, so full time. So obviously that was a lot. My parents were divorced. I could be my brother had to do so much, my mum. And then she obviously really needed a kidney transplant. She had so many of like her family come for, uh, sorry, not her family because they were overseas and they had the kidney disease, her friends. I think it was like 30 something people. And she had this rare like chromosome or something that made it really difficult. You had to be like a 99% match at least. Anyway, so the years were going on and all her friends would get tested and they would come back like, it's not enough of a match, et cetera. So because my mom had dialysis, she would get hernias a lot, which made it really difficult for her to wash her hair. So when she would get the hernia, she would have to get the dialysis through her neck. So she would go to the hairdresser twice a week to get a wash and blow dry. A lot of the time, like I would go with her or I would, she would just take me to the hairdresser. It was like a thing that we did. And the difference that it made in my mom, like she loved going there, having a cup of tea, having someone wash her hair for her, make her feel good. Pretty crazy because I'm a little bit like my mom, but we don't, we're not like big makeup people or like doing our hair or things like that. Mum couldn't even get a hairbrush through my hair as a child. Like it wasn't like that at all. Um, but she did pay the money every week, twice a week, and she would get herself a wash and blow dry. And she'd been going to this salon for a few years now and she never really wanted pity of people or would never speak to people about it. But one night her hairdresser said to her, what are you doing tonight? And my mum just said, I'm going on a hot date. And she said, the hairdresser said to her, like, who are we? She was all excited for her. And my mum said, oh, my dialysis machine. And she was like, what do you mean? And my mum was like, I have kidney disease. Like, I'm on dialysis, like, full time, half the day. So I have to be home by, like, a certain time to get on it. And then I have to be on a certain time in the morning. Anyway, and then I'm pretty sure she's actually my old boss. So she might correct me if I'm wrong. But she came, my mom came in the next weekend. She literally said to her, I want to get tested. I want to give you my kidney. And my mom was just like taken away. Like she didn't, she wasn't friends with her. Like she was a hairdresser. She just went in every week, twice a week for a blow dry. Obviously got her colors done, things like that. But my mom was very simple and didn't expect much of anyone. So that was like, she was very taken back by a stranger wanting to help her. Anyway, so she persisted and she actually went through with all the testing and she was like a 99% match, which is like one in a million. Oh my God. Yeah. So that, and they would say to my mum, the chance of you getting a kidney is like so rare because of what you have. So out of 30 friends, you think someone would come close. And I think only one friend came close. So for her hairdresser to be such a compatible match is literally like a miracle. It's like a miracle, really. So yeah, so she donated my mum to kidney. And then everything like went well, all that sort of thing. And then I really hated school. I was 15 and I just, well, I hated it. And the typical, you want to do hair or beauty, like I feel like everyone goes through that. Anyway, and I went and worked at my mum's friend's beautician. Hated that. <laughs> and then my mum's other friend, her daughter had a salon. So I started working there and I loved it. And then she shut down. 
So then my mum asked Jenny, who gave her the kidney, she said, oh, do you take my daughter on to work here? And Jenny said, yeah, of course, like all this work experience, one day a week through school. And then I loved it so much and she loved me and I did my apprenticeship through her. So yeah, it was really special that she gave my mum the kidney and then she then trained me in my career. So yeah, and then I worked for her, ended up obviously leaving and opening my own business. But yeah, so that's how I guess I started. I wanted to help people and I knew how much of an like, impact it made on my mum and how great it made her feel. Like it's not much, but she went in twice a week and she had a blue dry and it just literally changed her life for those years that she had to have it done. Um, and it actually seriously changed her life. Because changed it her life. life. Yeah, she took, yeah, she took time off yeah. work. Obviously, it affects her. She had her children at this point. Her children were older and she wasn't having any more children, things like that. But yeah, she had to take time financially off work and things like that. And she's still working to this day and she's my mum's age and she still works like six days a week. So she's a bit of a gun and she's still going as well. She's healthy. That's the most beautiful story. Yeah, it's so nice. And I, I was only 11 at the time. So to me, it didn't like instill as much as what it does now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's funny because I, as a person, I don't know if something like that's happened to me, and I think that it's helped my mum so much. It gave me so much time with her to live. Like we weren't going to obviously have that time if she didn't get a transplant. But I would do that for someone. Like I just think for like, sure, it's because I know the effect. Like it gave us our mum back. I know the effect that it had. But like it's a, it seems like a big thing, but it, it's really not in the long scheme of things. It's not. She had a few months of work, but. She changed someone's life. But she changed someone's life. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's incredible. So any clients, if you want to come to the sound, you need a kidney? <laughs> <laughs> I actually still need to get genetically tested to make sure I still don't have it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But I didn't know I would give someone it. Yeah. My brother, he's been genetically tested. He doesn't have it. But I have cousins who are on this second kidney transplant. Like I was saying that to Samara. Like I have one cousin. Wow. Her dad gave her a kidney, then her husband. And that's rejecting again as well. So it's like it's taken over my whole mum's side of my family. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. My auntie just got a kidney transplant. She's 73. She's got one. Yeah. yeah it's really intense. That is I get really intense. It gets really happy and then it gets sad again though. <laughs> There's two different approaches we could take it here because I would love to hear, because like you just said, okay, so there's the sad part of the story, the happy part of the story, but it gets sad again. Are we able to go into that? Is that okay? Of course. So then when I reached out to Samara, it was at that point that um, had then started to get sick, like a little bit before that she had started to get really unwell again. At the start, they were like, oh, is a kidney rejecting? She'd had it for 15 years at this point, I think. And then she was like hospitalized for nearly a year, like full time. They was trying to figure out what was wrong with her. They took out her gallbladder. That wasn't it. So I had a fresh like baby, like I think, oh no, it was nearly one. So she was like nine months old. I was driving to hospital like three times a week. One time I ran out of fuel at a set of lights and I had to get towed home from hospital with a baby in the back seat of the car. It was like probably one of the worst like times of my life, but then also was meant to be great because I was a mum. So this was all through COVID and things like that. And then remember yes, yep. my mum's gallbladder and saying that this hasn't worked. We don't know what to do with her. So they then transferred her to a different hospital called RPA. I don't know if you've ever heard of that hospital before. It's in Sydney, yeah. And they actually do liver transplants there. So I think they're the only hospital in New South Wales or Australia or something that does liver transplants. And they literally said, like, we don't know what else to do, but 
we're trying to save your mum and we just think a liver transplant's like the next thing. They didn't know whether it was going to work or not, but they were like, we've got to do something. So yeah, this was on the brink when I messaged Smar because then my mum, obviously all this was going on. Like when you have a, your first baby, you want your mum to be around and to help and mine was the complete opposite. And I think that made me spiral within my business a lot as well. Like I was trying to be a full-time carer for my mum. I was like cleaning out her house and putting everything in skip bins and moving her houses just to be able to have a closer so I could look after her. Like they're the things that you do when you're like in your 50s and 60s, not when you're like 20, like three or four at the time that I was. And I did this a lot on my own and I was pregnant again as well. And then, yeah, so they put her on the organ donation list for a liver transplant, but she couldn't get a donation. She had to have a full liver, which means someone actually had to pass away. So, yeah, so she needed like the bile duct and stuff. So that's like everything for the liver. So then she had the call, like I had the call. So she was still in hospital. So she never left the hospital. She had to have a feeding tube and things like that and learn how to walk and things again. So then I got a phone call from the hospital saying, we've found your mama liver. And we're about to start prepping her to take her in. So obviously someone had passed yeah, away in like quite a big process. Um, so that was like so crazy because I'm not used to that. I'm used to someone being like, oh, I'm going to give you mum a kidney. But this time it was like an emotional thing of someone having to actually lose their life in order to save yeah, my mum. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. Like you felt like that sadness for someone else at the same time as like your mum being saved again, you know what I mean? So yeah, so then yeah, we had to the hospital, she had a liver transplant, everything like went really well. It was really hard, obviously. Her recovery was really hard. It took her like two years to recover. And in that two years, like it was a lot of me helping her, looking after her. And it's still to this day is the same. Yeah. Okay. She's my mom and she's my best friend. And I literally wouldn't have it any other way. But unfortunately that made my business like sacrifice a lot. And I guess that's where I then reached out for help. Like I thought about so many times about selling it and then I remember my mum saying to me, you wouldn't be able to sell it. Like you need it kind of thing. Both my parents have their own businesses. I got that from them, that drive and that work ethic from them. And she was, I know you have kids, but my mum did it. She had us in daycare at six weeks old and run her psychology practice. And so I've gotten that from her. So yeah, so I gave up the idea of selling it and I decided to push through. But yeah, it was a really dark time. And that went on for years, like that COVID on top of all of that. And yeah, so it was like pretty horrible. So that's when I started reaching out and did work with yeah, Samara. I did yeah. work with Belinda at that point, like I said before. And I didn't I didn't talk to my dad at this point. So that was another like trauma there. I still don't I still don't talk to him as much as like like I used to, obviously being a child, but so it was like my mum was like my person and she yeah, was gone for through sure. that and I was still trying to run my business and being a mum, like a first time mum. Yeah, so it was, sorry, I'm back a little bit. Yeah, it was really hard. Anyway, so, yeah, Samara, like, at the time, she picked me up kind of thing and just taught me how to take a step back. And it's funny because the things that she taught me even maybe two years ago, I didn't utilise at the time, but I feel like it's been, like, a slow journey. And I think I said this to you the other night in a message, like, I'm so used to as a person, like, someone tells me to do something and I do it and I do it quick. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. Like, I think that I need to instill that right then and there in my life. But the most from her is sometimes things don't happen. And she'll say to me, I think you said this to me a few months ago when it all started going on, like we started going to my numbers and you're like, it's not the right time. Don't worry about it. And to me, at the start, it wrapped, took me a while to wrap my head around it. But I was like, it wasn't the right time and I wouldn't have done it properly. But then I sat down and did it properly with her and we went through it. 
it's, I think you can go through things and it can be shit and you feel like you're not moving forward in your business or your life. But then you look back and you're like, holy shit, I made it. Like I've come, a, I've come a far way and all the things that someone's taught you, like Samara, you've utilized over the years and it doesn't matter if you utilize oh, them no, straight away, but it's it, right? the fact that you've done the work on yourself that you can then use them moving forward. Hey, salon owner friends, let me talk to you quickly about Rising Finances, the program I have created just for you to conquer financial confusion and master your numbers. Inspired by my very own journey, I'm here to support and guide you every step of the way. Let's walk hand in hand as we break down crucial topics like tax, super, holiday pay, wages, and setting up your accounts. Plus, I will help you find your bottom dollar, price your services with confidence, and provide easy to use personal and budget sheets. I also think it's super important to look into our money behaviors. So this is a topic that we're going to round into as well. Don't let your dreams just slip away. Join Rising Finances and transform your salon into a thriving, stress-free success. Visit our website, sign up now, and let's start our journey to financial freedom. So just to scrap that too, I just moved into my new salon this year. That was like a big thing for me and I've done all that, renovations, and then I got to a really good point. I feel like I was all over my staff. I feel like everything was just like going so well. Like I just so I felt so in control. Um, and then six weeks ago, my mom just started getting really, really unwell again. So she actually took herself to hospital. They transferred her um, from our local hospital to, back to RPA because obviously that's where her doctors were. She had like a team of doctors, a kidney, a liver, all that sort of thing to look after her. Um, so they transferred her there and for the week they ran tests on her. And I'll never forget the moment sitting into that hospital room and the doctor coming in being like your PET scan results have come back your biopsy results have come back and we're really sorry it's what we obviously not hope for and um you have stage four terminal kidney cancer yeah and I was just like fuck like how am I gonna do this again you know um, I am like I'm doing it um and I'm like, that's when I, I think I said at the start, like I had a one-on-one team meeting and obviously like they all have been there for me. Like I was saying to Samara the other day, two years ago, I'm not saying my girls have changed. But I'm saying like our atmosphere of, as in the salon has changed. Like we just look after each other so much more now and we care so much about each other. And I couldn't go to work for a good three weeks and I was looking after my mum was in hospital and I was looking after her and, I just said to the girls, like, I can't come in. And they just wrote back, don't worry, like, we've got you. Um, and I honestly feel like if I didn't have that within my business, I feel like I would have, like, really crumbled again. Like, I'm yeah. really, I'm so proud of myself. Like, and, like, I, like, one of my staff members, like, I had a meet one-on-one with her the other day and she literally looked at me and she's like, you should be so proud of yourself. Like, you've been so good the last couple of weeks. Like, I know you had your time to almost like I pre-grieved my mum before she's even passed away and she keeps going off at me for that. But then she's also glad that she can be here for me while I grieve, which is really well, like oh, beautiful no. like, to have that relationship with my mum that like we are honest and open with each other about it. And my mum's only 64, so she's only young. And then I'm pregnant again too, so it's just like, Oh, yeah. She loves to do this when I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> timing, mum. Timing. Uh, 
anyways, but my mum is like, I'm strong and I get it from my mum. She's like the most positive person, not once. The moment we walked out of the hospital and I picked her up and took her home, like when they'd given us this news and she ended up like getting well enough to be able to leave, she walked out and she said like, oh, that poor person that gave me that liver, like, I'm not even going to be able to utilise it. Like, to someone who was going to get cancer. Just thinking about the other people. Yeah, and that's what my mum is like, but she's instilled that in me as well. So, yeah, I'm so grateful. Like, I know that I'm not going to have my mum for not much longer, but I'm actually grateful that I've had the mum that I've had. Like, I think that's really rare to be honest. Um, And, yeah, I'm so grateful that I've worked on myself and, like, actually put effort into myself. And I'm now in that stage where I know work doesn't seem like a big thing to some people, but if that's semi-looked after to a degree and it's not stressful which it isn't for me at the moment like I said my girls messaged me saying don't worry we've got you like I remember walking to work my first day back to like three because I was not really coming in they had a voucher for me and they gave it to me and I just opened it and burst out they gave me like a thousand dollar photography voucher to get photos with my mom oh, um god that's beautiful like, what more would you want in your team like yeah. to look after you like that and that just made me felt made me feel like they were literally looking after me in return. So it's one of those things, like, I think when you're angry and you're suffering, like, trauma or stress in your life, it's like you're angry at people for things that they haven't even done. But unless you work on yourself and unless you give to yourself, how are they meant to give to you? And that's something that me and Samara have worked on so much as well. Like, yeah. me, and it's the same with my partner, my kids, anyone in my life. Because I'm such a giving person, if I don't get that from them in return it's like I get resentment towards them or something and I actually like don't have that anymore like it's crazy like I feel like I'm changing the way that I think almost Mm -hmm. it's like I'm not letting what's happening in my life affect every other aspect of my life and I'm turning it not into a net obviously a positive it's not a positive but I'm not letting it control my life and consume me like I used to and it's hard because you it's not really a choice you don't let it you don't choose to let it consume you but I was young like I hadn't learned that lesson yet I hadn't and worked on myself the tools and, yet. yeah yeah mm. exactly right like I am only young and some people still don't have the tools and they're in their 40s and they're still trying to figure it out That's so true. yeah I'm so glad that and my mum has taught me that she's always taught me to invest in myself and obviously being a psychologist she loves the fact I have a business coach and that I'm working with someone that's like working with me personally like my mum she props such things that's the best thing ever so yeah so I feel like I'm just yeah in such a different place now and I'm going through like again like such a horrible time but I'm I feel so in control of it at the same time Um, that's huge it's testament to the work that you've done too saying that when you first got in touch with Samara it was to do with the culture that she had that you loved like you've clearly fostered that if you can now be going through this and you've got a team that would look after you in that way like that's huge that's Mm, the work that you put in and now you get to reap the rewards from that yeah 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 and it's it is it's actually really beautiful that I look more and now my workplace is like my safe place like I thought I didn't want to work at all and like I've cut definitely cut down my hours I needed to anyway I was working crazy I was having two kids and being pregnant but now obviously looking after my mom is the most important thing and so I've cut down my hours a little bit but still the days that I go to work like I get excited to see the girls and 
Whereas before I would get anxiety about going to work. And I think so many people feel this going to, and like you own the business, it's your place. But I would have this anxiety come over to me every time I came to work. It's like, I couldn't be their friend or like, I didn't want to get too close to anyone. But the moment that I like dropped that wall down and let that happen, like who the fuck is to tell you that you can't be friends with the staff, honestly. Mm -hmm. like. And this was one of the biggest things, I guess, that we worked on was I kept saying to you, the craziest thing is listening to this story. I only know what you're going through now. This like when your mum got diagnosed again, that's when you and I started going through this together. I never knew back in the day when everything that we were going through, I knew you were going through COVID. I knew you were going through the floods, but I didn't know you were going through your mum being sick because you never shared it. I didn't like, I didn't really talk about it to people. And not even my staff, even my, I remember like my asylum manager, Jess, I've actually known her since I was like seven. She was my senior at the salon I worked at where my mum got the kidneys. So does that make sense? Yeah. So it's so weird. So now she's my manager. So I've known her since I was seven years old for 20 years. Um, And she now runs my salon for me. So she knows about my mum. She's known my mum. She knows about the transplant. She worked for her boss at the time that this was all happening because her boss gave it to my mum. So it's, I've now been given her and now she's helping me within my business. It's like, it, yeah, it's really crazy. But I, even she said to me, she's like blow dry. I remember the girls looking at my mum thinking, holy shit, like she, she lost so much weight, like great. Like she didn't even look recognisable. And I remember just saying this to me not that long ago, saying, you never even really told us. You just kept it to yourself. And that's what I mean. I would take on all this stress and then, if they did something at work, it would upset me. I'm like, well, I'm going through all this, but I never told them. So but they don't know. how are they meant to? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, Samara's taught me and I've done like this 360 and now it's like I'm reaping the benefits. And it's not really a benefit. We're, we're, I give to them, they give to me and we yeah. love each other. Like it's, it's. I yeah, remember it's that just, it's so conversation. Crazy. I remember that conversation really well of me saying, you need to drop your walls. Like you you want everyone to give to you and you want to be loved, but you almost have this wall up where you're like, can't let you in, got to stay over here. And I remember where I was when I was saying this and watching you do that and however you've done that and process that and listen to it, as you said, it's noise in the beginning, but watching you now and knowing that you've dropped those walls so much so that now you wanted, you said, I want to be on the podcast. Like I would love to do that. I'd love to speak my story. But back six, nine months ago, I didn't even know your story. Like it's watching you develop and watching you grow and watching you change to let more people in to love you. It is fucking powerful. It's a big thing. I remember we spoke about this. Like I felt like I didn't want pity from people or I didn't want like, I didn't want like people to feel sorry for me. I don't know. It was something weird like that. And now I'm just like, it's not that I want pity of people, but I feel like it's almost like I just want people to understand that, you know, like we can go through things, but we can still get through them. Like it's, Mm. whereas before I wasn't coping, I wasn't getting through it. So I didn't want anyone to know about it, but Mm. that was just me spiraling. And then no one knew what was wrong with me. And they just, I reckon I would, maybe people might run into me in public and think I was rude or whatever. Deep down, I just had the worst day of my life doing something for mum or you know what I mean like, yeah. in my head, and you like, just weren't up to having the conversation that. yeah yeah so like I like to talk about it now because I feel in control of it and you were one of the first people so when we you were the one of the first people I worked one-on-one with and 
you were one of the first people that I developed the culture reset with and doing that, you letting your walls down, as you said, doing the form that we fill out together with your team, being able to work through that. I feel like that was obvious. That was almost the beginning of, I can let my walls down and be loved. I am safe to get what I need. And I also know how I need to give. Yeah. And then slowly. I think it's it's as important though for people that are on my end of it to understand that it's not a quick fix. No. It's not like they're going to do your course and they're going to feel like, oh my God, like I learned so much and my salon's going to change like that. Like you have to put the work in, but unfortunately sometimes you go through things in your life that allow you not to put the work in straight away. Agreed. But not to let that bring you down, then to know that you can still utilize those tools, you don't forget them, but they can actually come in when you least expect it. Like in yeah. my life, they've come in the last six, like six to 12 months, which has been probably the most stressful time of my life again. I've still utilized them. So they're well neat, they were meant to. Oh, for sure. They're still sitting there on the shelf. Mm. You're like, oh, I'm just going to hold Agreed. that one for later. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to need you later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely need a need. Okay. That's just, yeah, that's so incredible. Now let's lighten things just a little and talk about your new space. So what's going on? What have you done? Tell us about it. So I've always wanted to like have buy like buy a commercial space. It's always been like a goal of mine. And I actually had it working with like a previous business coach. I remember him just asking me like what my goal was. And I remember like, but obviously they work on your financial side. And I just remember saying, oh, I, like, I, wanted, I want to buy a commercial space. But with COVID and things, I just never actually thought it was possible. Um, I thought it would take me a really long time. But I was really lucky that I got like a COVID relief grant. So yeah. it's, like a, it's like an easy, I like skimmed it. It was like a couple of days off me missing it, which means I didn't have to use like my home as collateral and things like that. The government acted as my guarantor. So it made it a lot easier for me. So yes, I bought the space and I deferred like my repayments for six months for it so that I could still be in my other space, um, which I was a bit scared of because I've never, I'm not a loan person. Like I've always like pretty good with finances, but I've realized that that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to let down what you would normally be like in order for things to become a bit bigger and better and take a risk. Um, So I did that and then I started like renovating that space it took me a really long time because it was like a slow process because I was paying for it as I went yeah so it wasn't just like I had to get it done in a month or two like it took like a good I started renovating in the September I think and I didn't move until the March mm. yeah so it was like six months yeah and yeah like it, it was definitely really stressful the whole money side of things screwed with me a little bit but I got there and yeah I'm so proud of it it's everything it's a little bit small but it's mine so that's mm. okay and I love, I think about this sometimes and I'm like, I love that it's so small because there was so many other spaces I looked at and I'm like, I don't want it to be so big that I lose that boutique feel. Like I want yeah. that connection still within it. So yeah, so yeah, I've been in my new space, I don't even know, six months, maybe March, I don't know, March to September. And I've got eight girls that work for me now. And I've started to step back a little bit more in the business in the last few months. And I should have done it a long time ago, but I just still loved working on the floor so much, but obviously everything with my mum now, this is like my reason, which I shouldn't have actually needed to have, but unfortunately that's just how it's been. I should have stepped back a little bit ago and not had this as a reason. Um, But yeah, so now I've stepped back a little bit, but the girls have it and 
I just feel like they're so much more in control as well. Like obviously there's things that slip and happen, but I just feel so much more at ease, even going on bloody holidays, like, and things like that. Yeah, they've got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parallels in your stories are funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they yeah. are, yeah, they are really, you can see it. So, yeah, so new space is good. Um, I'm loving it. Obviously, like, even I actually think I said to one of the girls, this is another story, Samara. I remember when Samara built her salon and I remember showing one of the girls at work thinking that, oh, this is so beautiful. So it's like, again, going back and forth. And that gave me the drive, I think, to open it. Like, I obviously wanted to buy a building. That was my goal. But I think it pushed me further as well. Like, that then set me another goal. So, yeah, so you can thank yourself for that. You can thank yourself for that, girlfriend. (laughs) I feel like your story is such for anyone that feels like they're in the trenches and feels like they're in the mud. No, and as you said, like things aren't going to happen overnight, but every day, however you did it, you took a step forward. And every day you're still taking a step forward. If people say they can't do it, you've done it. You've done it with pregnancy. You've done it with COVID. You've done it with floods and fires and a sick mum and a mum that's now dying, and another toddler, and another fucking and, baby on the way. And a pregnant. And you're renovating your house. And you're oh, yeah, I'm renovating this- my house. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing all of this and you're 20 fucking seven. Like, the pride and the the joy and the salute magnificent that it all is you and the fact that I get to lead you and um, support you and love you through this is such a fucking honour. I think you are truly exceptional. You might, you might not get rid of me now. <laughs> I never want to get rid of you. I'll just come and find you. I'll just because the work's on never in. done. You still need. You still can improve yourself. You never get yes. perfect. And you know what? No, no matter how much work I've done on myself, unfortunately, there's still going to be days I'm really bad where I send you things and I'm like, "You, know, I need you. Like, I need you to help me." This I did it to you the other day, and I felt like I was all over it. But then that certain thing happened that day, and I'm like, "No, like, I need someone to talk to. I need someone to like back this on. That's not." A staff member or yeah. so it was you so yeah. yeah I feel like it's just like a constant you know and I think for me like when I look at it as a like as a mentor for me it's as you said Jen before it's whole human stuff right yeah. so yeah I know what Laura needs when Laura needs it and she was like she the day we had a call she was like I'm so sorry I've just gotten some bad news with mum and I was like we're not talking. I will talk to you next week. And she was like, how about we talk when I'm in Fiji? I'm like, we're not fucking talking when you're in Fiji. And you're like, no, it'll be fine. And I'll be like, no, no, we'll chat when you get home. I'm so glad we didn't talk in Fiji because I would have not, I don't think, I think I just needed to just not think about it for a while. But I know that. The most special thing for me is being able to be a mentor to someone for a long period of time means I know what you need. I know how you function. I know how your brain works. I know what you need when you need. And for me, that's really important. Even when you don't know what you need. Jen knows better than anybody exactly what I'm like. Like I am like, I, one day I'm high as the sky and I'm like, yes, let's keep going. It's going. But other days I'm not because other days it is a more of a struggle and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Being able to have someone um, on your side that has got you in that because if I had have pushed you to do anything that you needed to do, you would have not flourished like you're flourishing now. And you and I even spoke last night and watching you, what you're doing with the business right now with everything you're going through is fucking mind blowing. And you know, the sense of pride that I get to feel with that is massive. 
and I'm so glad that I'm in a great headspace that I could have that you know three weeks that I did at the time where I was like I can't come into work and then I got my shit together and I reignited my flame and I started the goals that we finished like that Mm. you know what I mean we finished them but we hadn't actually started them so I'm proud of that too because if I don't give to myself which is my business like my business was my first baby that's what fuels me if I don't fuel myself then I'm not going to be any good to anyone around me especially like my mum and my kids who obviously my husband who need me the most so unfortunately for me it's still kicking onto the business and I'm still going to hold her and now I'm able to do that because I feel in control that's amazing what a you are truly story. amazing. I know. <laughs> yeah, I told I know. you. I was like, You're going to love this one. She's fucking exceptional. Oh, I'm so glad Thanks, I didn't guys. do any of the stuff to find out first because I just think it just makes it so much more. Oh. This story. Yeah. yeah. You're incredible. Yeah. It was really nice to share and for me to get out of my shell as well because it's something that I wouldn't usually do. So when Samara said that, I was like, straight away, no, I need to because this is the thing that. I was holding back in my personality before, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, and, guys. you know, that knowing from one of my clients' point of views of what this journey's looked like and you saying it's not going to be a quick fix, I think that's really important. People think it's going to happen Absolutely. overnight and it's not. Like you, Brian, can look at themselves now at where they're at and think where they want to be in 12 months time right? and it's just like little steps every day and deciding to work with someone and it's not this is not me saying it's me but deciding to work with someone deciding to book a course deciding to show up for yourself in a way that you know that is going to give you an insane amount of growth in 12 months time I saw read something the other day that's like do you choose to be happy or do you just choose to be comfortable because if you're choosing comfortable, then you're never going to grow. You're always going to stay where you are and eventually yeah. you're not going to feel so comfortable anymore. But if you're choosing to be happy, sometimes you have to go through the uncomfortable. You know, sometimes yeah, we need exactly to learn right. to have the hard conversations. We need to push things in our business. And the thing with Lauren is her staff didn't change. None of her staff changed. Fundamentally, Lauren changed. And yeah. with yeah. it, her staff and her team changed. With it, everything around her changed as well. Yeah. Letting people in, letting people love her, letting people see her, letting people know just what she's done and gone through is, it was the true magic of Lauren. And I feel like this rounds up so much so beautifully. And I know that your story is just the fucking beginning, like what you've gone through, what you've done, what we've developed together, what you will continue to develop as I get to do it by your side is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very excited for the future and to continue. Amazing. So thank you. Fucking too. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Oh, that was like a emotional. I feel like I've gone a roller coaster. It really was. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to go now. I've got to go do client. All right. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so, so much. Very, very much. We adore you. And I you. hope, Jen, your back feels okay from what I hear. Thank it's you. Not that great, but I hope. I hope. <laughs> It will, thank you.